Good evening. Welcome to our uh, Christmas Eve worship service tonight. Uh, before we get started, let's just, uh, again, thank all the musicians and people that put the effort in our musicale to start off the evening. And what a great time of worship and everything. Thank you. Once again, we're just so glad that you decided to join us uh, this Christmas Eve to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, welcome to all of the members here at First Church, and also I, I, I'm sure we have many guests here as well. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. Uh, just want to give you a, a heads up about what tomorrow morning is going to look like. Um, we have our normal services here at 9 o'clock here at the church, um, and then no Sunday school following that as, as we normally would. So uh, we are still having our 9 o'clock service, um, and so if you're able to join us, we'd love to have you uh, tomorrow morning here at the church. And then following that, um, of course, the, the service will be on the radio. For those of you who can't be with us uh, in person, you can join us uh, by listening on the radio. I invite you now at this time to stand and join us uh, as we read our call to worship together. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Amen. Now remain, I invite you to remain standing and sing together number 145, O Come All Ye Faithful.
You may be seated. Good evening. On this Christmas Eve, we are gathered as God's people to celebrate again what Christ's coming means to the world. We join with Christians all over the world who are celebrating tonight. Tonight, we relight the four Advent candles and recall what the good news means. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift who makes all these other gifts possible. So we light the Christ candle now as we think about what Christ's coming means to each one of us. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for your gift of Jesus Christ to the entire world. We thank you that Christ's coming makes hope, peace, joy, and love possible for every person in every nation. Encourage us to do our part to bring goodwill and peace to our families, our churches, our community, and the world. Let your spirit put us in touch with you, the living God, through the words and music we hear tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first reading this evening is from Isaiah 9, verse 2 and 6 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will do this i invite you to stand again and let's sing number 141 o little town of bethlehem
be seated. Our next reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. I invite you to stand once again and sing number one thirty two with us, Angels We Have Heard on High.
You may be seated. Our next scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them.
this time I'd want to invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward at this time. Our offering, if you've been with us um, on previous Christmas Eve services, uh, we like to support Tanner's Romanian Mission for Children on this night. And, and once again this year, we'll be supporting that ministry as well. As the offering plate is going around, I invite you to join us and sing number 136, the first Noel. You may remain seated for that.
Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give back um, in a small way, Lord, uh, for all that you've done for us and all that you've blessed us with in our own lives. Lord, uh, we're, tonight we gather to celebrate the greatest gift of all, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, to us um, and what that means for us in this world and in our own lives. Um, so we thank you now for the opportunity to just give back in a small way. Um, and I pray that this offering would go to support this mission, Lord, in a, in a positive way and that you'd continue to provide for them and all the good work that they do. I pray now that you'd be with us as we focus in on your word and the message you have for us tonight. In Christ we pray. Amen. One of my favorite uh, Christmas movies uh, of all time is, is probably not one of the traditional ones that you'd think of. Uh, some of you, I'm sure, do, but um, I'm quite fond of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, I, heard some, <laughs> I heard some laughter coming from behind me on that one. Uh, we used to watch that like the day after Thanksgiving, you know, to get us in the mood for Christmas. And then there's this one scene in that movie, right? Um, Clark Griswold is just obsessed with the lights on his house. And having the biggest and brightest lights in the entire neighborhood. And so he's just obsessed with, with getting it just right. And, and there's this one scene. And, and of course, you know, throughout the movie, he's unable to do so for various reasons. You know, it's just not working. And there's this one scene where the light, the house just finally lights up. Um, his wife goes and flips the switch. She finally realizes what was going on and flips the switch. And it's this moment and the lights just are blinding, right? They finally light up and you see their house from like this aerial view. And it's the only one that's lit up like this. And, and the power meter on their house is just spinning around real fast. And it's just this awesome moment where they, he finally achieves what he wanted to do and, and, uh, finally gets to light up his house like he intended to. Um, I'm appreciating Christmas lights this year more probably than I ever have before because Josie's old enough and, and to really appreciate it. And we've kind of driven around New Knoxville and some of the other surrounding areas uh, looking for Christmas lights. And she has just loved them. You know, she's just kind of obsessed with them, really. Um, if we go, you know, we're driving between New Bremen and New Knoxville and there's a stretch of, of darkness. She starts asking where the Christmas lights are. Um, and she's just, it's just been a really cool thing to see and see her um, talking about them and pointing them out. And there's two things that she just loves to see. One are all these nativity scenes that people have out. She just is obsessed with them for some reason. Um, she talks about wanting to see baby Jesus when we're driving around. And if we don't pass one for a while, she starts to get a little worked up. She wants to see baby Jesus and just over and over again. Um, and the other one is, uh, and, and you, you may be here tonight, I have no idea, but just around the corner from our house is this, is this house that has one string of lights and then a dummy hanging from the roof, like the person hanging them up fell off, and she calls this guy the boy, and she's worried that the boy fell off the roof, and, and she's just, we've driven by there about three or four times, so if you're here tonight, kudos, that was an awesome way to decorate your house, um, really got our attention, and Josephine loves it, we even had to take a picture of it so she could look at it later, um, but there's something about Christmas lights this time of year. You know, we, we decorate our houses. We see them lit up in the church with Christmas trees and, and all sorts of stuff. But uh, light is so much associated with what we celebrate this time of year. We see them everywhere. We're from, you know, New York City with their giant Christmas tree there and, and all sorts of stuff just here in little New Knoxville. You know, we see things just lit up. Uh, we light the Advent candle um, each of the past four Sundays and then tonight in order to um, recall that Christ is the light of the world. You see, the, that's what we're really celebrating. All these lights, they bring us joy and, and happiness and a little bit of holiday cheer, but they're representative of something. 
Um, we may not even really think about it too much when we're decorating the house or when we're, you know, putting up the Christmas tree. But these lights are representative of what we are celebrating here on Christmas. And that is that the light of the world has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And that through him uh, we can see uh, what our need is and that he has met that need for us. You see, in Isaiah 9-2, one of the first passages you heard read for us tonight says that the people living in darkness have seen a great light. See, the reality is this world is, is in darkness without Christ, without Him. And it's this darkness of, of being lost in our own sin and being separated from God. And if you've been with us over the past few weeks as we've um, preached through uh, some different themes of Advent, um, hope and joy and peace and love, you've heard me talk about that. Talk about how we, were, how we without Christ, separated from Him, we are wandering in darkness. And the Bible talks about that um, as the state of all of us apart from Christ. The Bible teaches us that darkness ensnares people in sin and self-deception. 1 John 1.6 um, leads up to one of the most famous, uh, not maybe, one of my favorite, I should say, maybe not one of the famous um, promises of God. And, and we read it especially when we celebrate communion. Uh, but we often don't, we, we often look at 1 John 1.9, but 1.6 reminds us of our need for Christ. It says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out our truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And here's 1 John 1, 9, the one we're familiar with. If we claim to be with, oh, excuse me, verse 8 first. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, apart from Christ, we're walking in darkness. We're, in a sense, we're ignorant of God and, and, and His truth. Ephesians 4.18 teaches us that. It says, They, speaking of people who are apart from God and separated from Him, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. See, those who are apart from God are in darkness, and, and it's this ignorance towards God. They're, it's simply just they don't know Him because they can't see Him. The thing about darkness is it's really hard to see where you're going if you're in a room that's pitch black, right? How many of you ever stumbled, you know, in the hallway at night when you get up and, um, you know, I've tripped over so much stuff in Josephine's room, it's not even funny. You know, you're walking through and you just trip over a toy or something like that. When you're in the darkness, you can't see, right? It's, it's, and it's, this ignorance that comes with that, you know, we're blinded to, to the, our surroundings. In a sense, we're, we're lost and confused and disoriented in this life apart from Him. Because we cannot, because we're in darkness, we cannot truly see where we're going. And the result is a worldview where light and darkness are interchanged. Earlier in the book of Isaiah, the prophet says this. Sorry, I lost my place. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. He says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitterness. You see, that's the state that we're in apart from God. That's the state that the world was in without Christ. And Christ himself came to to fix that, to, to put the record straight, to help us to, to see where we're going again and help us to see our need for God and, and our need for our relationship with Him. Without Him, we're lost and confused 
and, and we don't know where we're going. But because of him, because of what he's done for us, we can know what it is to have a relationship with the Lord and know what it is to be um, found again. See, light isn't just, you know, we talked about light um, in our decorations and Christmas decorations, and it's representative of something greater than that. Light is a theme that we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's used to communicate spiritual truth, things that are pleasant, good, and uplifting. Light is often used to describe the blessing of the Lord, and it's closely linked with God's presence. See, the main way that God revealed himself in the Old Testament was through you know, his people in the temple, and it began there at Mount Sinai. And when Moses and, and the people of God escaped from Egypt, God led them out into this, to this mountain. And it was there that God met them and gave them the law, the Ten Commandments and those sorts of things. And when God descended on the mountain, he came down in, a, in, a, in the glory of a, a cloud. Talked about how a cloud enveloped this mountain and it shone with light. And that same cloud is what led them through the wilderness by day. And it was a pillar of fire by night. You see, this light was leading them to the place where they were going. And finally, later on in Israel's history, when the temple was built and dedicated, it was a, it was a, this bright cloud that filled the temple as a, as a representative of God's, as a representation of God's presence to Israel. See, light was, was the way that, in a way that God, um, was a symbol of God's presence with his people. And that same idea continues in the New Testament. And we see it especially in the person of Jesus Christ. Later on, after he grew up and began to teach and to preach and to perform these miracles, one day Jesus says, it's in John 8, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus even says, I am the light of the world. Jesus claimed to be the light that shines in the darkness. That light that Isaiah talked about in chapter 9, verse 2, the light that shined in the darkness was Christ himself. And he was coming to shine that light into this world. And that's what we're celebrating here at Christmas. It's the reality that Jesus, you know, brought revelation of who this God was. See, in the Old Testament, you could, you could see God through the law and through the prophets and, and through this moral code. But in the New Testament, and now we see God through the person of Jesus Christ. He not only reveals to us what God is like, but he is God. Right? He is the one that is being revealed to us. And we'll see that more in John chapter 1. Uh, that we're going to look at in a little bit more depth tomorrow, that Jesus himself is the revelation of God. He's the one whom God sent in order to reveal himself to the world. And then the words of Jesus are then applied to his followers. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus tells them, tells his followers, tells his disciples, and I believe he tells each one of us that we are the light of the world. So Jesus says that he has come and he is the light that gives light to all men. But then he turns around and tells his disciples, he tells those who have put their trust and their faith in him that you are the light of the world as well. And he wants us to then shine the light of of God's love and God's mercy and grace to everyone we meet. You see, there's a couple things that light does for us. First, it helps us to see the reality of our situation. Right. For to go back to that idea of, of stumbling down a dark hallway. Right. You can't see where you're going. You're lost. You're tripping over stuff. But the moment a light comes on. You're able to see your surroundings. You're able to see where you're at and where you need to go. In a sense, that's what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. He's shined that light in our lives so that we may know where we are. And the reality is that we're separated from him. We're lost in our sin. And apart from him, we will, be, we will remain in darkness. But he's provided a way for us to be reconnected and reconciled to God. 
And so he sh- so that light shines in our lives. And so we're able to see the reality of our situation. We are no longer lost in our sin, but we have the hope that a savior brings. We have hope that Christ has died for us. He rose again for us. That if we put our trust and our faith in him, we'll, we will know what it means to, to be in a relationship with him again. And the light reveals, as I said, reveals truth. It helps us to see where we're going. And the, but light doesn't just do that for us. It doesn't just help us to see where we're going, but it's also meant to be shared with others. Light is, is, is meant to be spread, right? Matthew 5, where Jesus tells his disciples that they are the light of the world. He goes on to explain it a little bit more in depth. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. See, Jesus has come in this world to show us his, the light, the light of God. And like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about what that means tomorrow morning if you're here with us uh, for the Christmas morning service. But he's given us that light. He's shown us that light. And he wants us to then share that with others and reflect that to others. I mentioned last week about how, how the moon itself is not a source of light. It doesn't give off light, but yet it reflects the light from the sun. That's how we're able to see it. That's how it gives light to this, to this world, is through reflecting the sun, the light of the sun. In the same way, we ourselves aren't the light of the world, but we reflect the light that God has shown us through Jesus Christ. He's offered us that light. He's offered that to each one of us. And we need to then reflect it back and share it with others. See, as we close our service tonight, we're going to be um, passing around a light. Um, I hope you all got your candles as you came into the door. Um, but we're going to be, in a few moments, we're going to be taking the light from the Christ candle and sharing that all around. We're going to be passing that through this whole room and the lights are going to dim and we're going to be able to see the impact of what one light can have. But it's not going to do us any good if, if I just light that candle and I keep it to myself. It's not going to light up this room if I, just, if I just hold that light up here and never share it with anybody. But as we pass that light from one person to another, that light will spread and, and this room will go from darkness to light and we'll be able to see the impact that that has. And so I'm going to invite those uh, elders and deacons that are here um, with us tonight. They're going to, they're going to start by, by coming forward. I'm going to take the light and pass it on to them. And then they are going to then spread that light um, around the sanctuary here. Uh, but it's just a reminder of the light that has come into this world. And that light is Jesus and, and what he has done for us. You see, it's... it's this time of year, it's, it's, it's fun to drive around and see those Christmas lights. It's fun to, you know, celebrate the gifts and spend time with family. Those are all good and wonderful things. But as we pass this light, it's a reminder of what we're really celebrating. And we're celebrating the birth of our Savior, the birth of Jesus Christ, the light of the world who has come so that we may all see. And that light can be spread from one person to another um, practically by just sharing that with your neighbor. But I pray that as we go from this place, as we, as we go from this place tonight, we'll be able to share that light in a very real and practical way with our family, with our friends, and with our neighbors.
as we begin to share this light around the sanctuary. I invite you to, we're going to sing Silent Night together. Classic hymn, one that we often close our, serv- our candlelight services here with. The words are printed on the back of your bulletin. So as this light is being spread around the room, I encourage you to sing that with us today.
as we go from this place tonight, just that remember this candlelight. Remember the importance of sharing that light with everyone you meet. And that way, as you can see, this room is lit up. I can see faces all the way into the back of the sanctuary here. Because we've taken that light, that one single light, and spread that around. And so I pray that as we go from this place, we'll be able to share that light with others. And share the love of Christ and the light of Christ with each person that we meet. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Merry Christmas.